0: Greetings listeners and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Curry House, the bi-weekly show that gives you a healthy dose of kaiju action. My name is Alex, I'm joined by my regular co-hosts and friends, Paul and Joe, but tonight we are joined by a full squadron of guests. Starting from David, please introduce yourself.
1: Hi, I'm David Bristow, I work as a 3D artist uh, at Limited Run Games, moving over from the games industry.
0: And Douglas?
2: Sorry, I don't know who you're pointing at. I'm, uh, I'm Douglas. <laughs> I'm uh, the co founder of Limited Run Games. <laughs> and Alex. And I'm Alex Rushdie, the CEO at 13 AM Games and creative director on Dawn of the Monsters.
0: And we're joined by Matt Frank.
3: Hi, I'm Matt Frank. Uh, Who's Matt Frank? <laughs> <laughs> uh i uh, i'm a comic book artist and illustrator uh, i've worked on uh, a number of projects but for this one specifically uh for dawn of the monsters i was a character designer and promotional poster artist for both uh for both 13 a.m and limited run
0: now i'm conscious of getting all the content in for this my uh, air tonight's special episode but i feel like it would be an absolute travesty Joe, we would not start off as we always do so joe what have kaiju been up to very briefly from everyone
4: Right. So what has Joe been up to? Joe's been watching lots of television. He has been reading lots of books. And I have been doing research for articles I'm writing for Kaiju Robin, which has been pretty fun. So happy times there. Alex, I will swing this right back at you. What have Kaiju oh. been up to?
0: Well, I went downstairs to the living room, my daughter was watching Power Rangers, which slightly like, threw me off guard. Hey. And uh, she said, look at this, it's really awesome. There's people in suits, you'll love it. I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know me so well. Yeah, nice. so, yeah. Nice. so like, I ah, thank you for that. You know, so I sat, I sit down and she's watching Power Rangers Dino Fury. And what I particularly liked about it was for all that it wasn't a recognizable Power Rangers for me, cause it's um, like, I think came out last year. It's the fact that my daughter's engaging with it and then straight after she's jumping around doing martial arts. She's launching off the sofa and she's wanting to fight bad guys. And I thought, well, isn't that the spirit of Power Rangers kind of 30 years on? And yeah, so th- th- that was wonderful for me. Um, please, uh, Paul, what have Kaiju
5: been up to? Um, I'm still reading the, the picture book that Joe got me. Um, so I've, I've now read about the making of Aliens. And you've resigned contains...
4: to calling
5: it a picture book i see yeah yeah <laughs> well yeah, it's got all the sketches like you know the um and the artwork they did the designs some some that were used some that weren't so that's quite interesting um i watched the peacemaker tv series and that does have a kaiju in it kind of um and does it it does it really uh, like assassin's
0: uh, creed has kaiju's in yeah according yeah. to there's you. like there, there is a kaiju and uh, they yeah. do refer
5: to it as a kaiju so they, they say the word kaiju. They say that's a kaiju.
3: Oh, well. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a pass. What's a <laughs> kaiju in Assassin's Creed?
5: <laughs> this is news.
3: Yeah, that's news to me. Like I wasn't aware that Leonardo <laughs> da Vinci was over there making mecha Godzilla. Paul <laughs> has
4: ways of drawing his gamer fandom
3: into this. Yeah,
5: game. I was. I was using oh, some, the some the, um, of the
4: connections are slightly tenuous, you might say.
5: But you could say that. But it had a Cyclops in it. Had Medusa in. You know, it was kind of like well. You know, if they're good enough for Harry those, those films... those would be strange beasts. She wouldn't be, be cast, cast those a regular Ky-G, street corner. Yeah. That's fair. I think yeah. I think I win the argument. But but enough yeah. about me. Um David, what have Kaiju been up to? Uh
1: well, um let's see. I've been uh, playing some Hitman 2 and some woodworking and uh watching Godzilla clips with my daughter recently. She's been seeing me work on the Donna Monster stuff, so she's been Asking to watch Godzilla clips on YouTube while I work a little bit more often. <laughs>
0: nice. Well, that's cool. Which uh, Godzilla clips?
1: Uh, there's a good long clip of the end of Son of Godzilla, where uh, with Kumanga and the nice. princesses that she really likes. Uh, so we'll watch that one because it's like it's got a good length to it. That's got yeah. all the good parts. So
2: nice. and Minya, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And
4: Minya. Is that the good <laughs> part? Is that the good part? yes, yes. yes, yes. It
3: kids for kids <laughs> she, like she enjoys it i just remembered that 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 uh masaru sato soundtrack that while he is kumanga are squaring oh the drums yeah yeah oh it's it's good it's good it's for a kid it gets you all jazzed up it's like yeah i'm fighting with my dad there were Um,
1: monsters that's good um so i'm I'm gonna go to douglas what have kaiju been up to
6: oh um just watched all of what's available for Ozarks. Uh, randomly was researching Ultraman because they had a bunch of the series on clearance at Best Buy and I missed two of the uh, compilations and then I was researching and I was like, holy crap, the Shin Godzilla guy is now doing Shin Ultraman and I started getting freaked out and excited. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to re-watch Shin Godzilla pretty soon because I love the direction that movie took. Um. Kind of a fresh look at Kaiju. Um. And then other than that, probably going to rewatch watch all of Attack on Titan, uh, Playing Elden Ring, you know, Ooh. screaming, fighting yeah. Kaiju in that game. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, it was enough uh, connection there. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, that's about it, really. And just otherwise working and typing tons of emails and slamming my head on the desk. Um, I guess. What? That if- sounds like a day job, to be fair. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> what have you, Kaiju, been up to, Alex? Um. Well, I mean, the number one thing that I've been doing is. From finishing down of the Monsters, releasing down of the Monsters, <laughs> that's taken up, you know, 90% of my brain power. Um, but aside from that, I mean, I, I, I also have been playing Elden Ring, uh, and I just, uh, so I, in in Canada, when Godzilla vs. Kong came out, uh, all of our theaters remained closed, and then they, like, closed, like, or they were about to, they were open for a bit, Godzilla vs. Kong came out, and they shut down, like, the day before, um so I never got to see it in theaters and they're showing it in Toronto at the Cinesphere which is like a famous IMAX theater on Saturday so I I nabbed a ticket to that because I want to see it on the big screen and aside from that just like trying to stay sane in the joys that are launching a video game on seven platforms um which is always fun and uh, Matt what have Kaiju been up to
3: Oh, Lord have mercy. Um, Well, aside (laughs) from the half dozen things that I absolutely cannot talk about, NDAs are fun. um, I, um, let's see. uh, Well, (laughs) I I too have been Eldening all those rings, which is to say I beat the first boss last night after having the game for the better part of, what, has it been out for a week, two weeks? Mm -hmm. But, um, uh, and of course trying to focus on that and saving a certain a certain other kaiju centric game uh for a uh for a youtube video that i'm doing next week um just that's been hell because i want to just play that i don't want to i don't want to die over and over again (laughs) i want to throw buildings at things but it's fine um let me see other than that uh i've been working on a couple of things just for funsies i've got a primal rage character redesigned thing mm-hmm. i'm doing um really just for fun uh but i'm doing that on my patreon uh let's see i have to glance over my shelf and see like what have i been rummaging through oh yeah i where'd it go i have like seven different piles here it is I'm currently uh, uh, making notes in my uh, Behind the Kaiju Curtain book because I'm working on, I just read it, it's a behind the scenes kind of tell all by Norman England about uh, the set of GMK and Gamera 3 and a few other kaiju movies so I'm making notes now because I'm planning on doing a podcast with him. Uh, And that is a really good book I highly recommend that for anyone who wants to like just read a fun little diary about kaiju movie production, kaiju film production. Um and Matt, a lot of manga. Matt, just to let
6: you know, NDAs are kind of like stop signs. They're recommendations. You don't have to follow them. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> <a> horrible! <laughs> that's <laughs> really, really Yeah, cute. you can
3: plow right through them, actually. <laughs> yeah. I actually had to position my camera in such a way because I have a dry erase board on this side of my uh, workspace that has mm. all of my projects listed on it. <laughs> and it's right. like, can't talk about that. Can't talk about that. Can't talk about that really can't talk about that um
6: but uh um, we, we used to have that problem in our conference room at limited run and uh yeah. whenever we would have guests come over i always have to like look around my desk because i have like, like research things laying around yeah. and i'm like oh god there's too many clues sorry, yeah
3: sorry. <laughs> yeah i've got all the really sensitive stuff on this side of the camera um i am working on that new Spectre Man comic though uh hopefully get that out of the- that's out exciting of yeah. Soon. Oh. yeah yeah, yeah. That's a long it's been a long time coming. I had a meeting with those license holders literally when the pandemic started. I was in Tokyo when the pandemic started. And it was like, I remember going to meet the license license holders, and my hands were so dry from washing them so much and using hand sanitizer that my, they went to shake my hands, shake my hand, and I noticed my hand was bleeding. So I'm oh, like, no. oh, let's just do bows. Um <laughs> so fun times in the pandemic go ahead i don't know i think we're done right is is everybody been kaijuing up we, to it
0: that, yeah. that is everyone and um, but paul are there any kaiju letters
5: um uh, if, if you want to do kaiju letters i've i've had a i've had something come through yeah i feel uh,
0: joe should we i feel like we should no, we always should folks we should. Us, no, we we always should. And, like they ask yeah. us you know to like, yeah. pose like, the questions we yeah. have a ju- we have a duty to the people
4: megadon and genera say do it no, there you All go.
5: Right. So, what have you got? I've got one. Okay, I've got one here. Um, so, uh, Tom Tyler writes in. He says, uh, It seems both Paul and Joe and many others have gotten into the kaiju fandom due to pre millennial kaiju movies, which is great. But what if they only started, say, since 1998, Godzilla, for example? Which is, un- <laughs> <This> is dangerous. <laughs> I know. It's an interesting so, question. So if you never grew up, if you had no nostalgia for monster movies, would you be so enthusiastic if the first film you saw was Godzilla 98 and nothing prior? So there's been no Harryhausen films, there's been no Gorgo or, you know, anything like that. It's just Godzilla 98 uh, and then onwards.
4: To clarify. You're saying those movies don't exist, or they don't exist in your knowledge, or they don't exist. They in never existed. They
5: never got made. There was no Rings to Movies.
3: Well, then there would be no Godzilla 98. Like so. God, so America. This is an alternate universe
4: map. This
5: is an you alternate universe where J- America came up with a Godzilla I want to
3: see the. I want to see the math on that. I want to yeah. see the physical. I get the writer of Singular Point. He'll he'll tell us or <laughs> not.
5: Um,
3: My
6: it's opinion okay.
5: would
3: be it sets the bar real low for
5: all yeah. the things that came after. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so, so anything going forward, you'd be really excited for. Yeah, it's, it's all up from there.
4: Well, to be fair, we had Peter Jackson's King Kong, we had Shin Godzilla, we had Godzilla Singular Point, we had all the MonsterVerse movies. Um, Pacific Rim. The the yeah. Yeah, Pacific Rim would be good. There's a uh, we've we've had a decent run to be fair, like a really decent uh, movies. I even count Cloverfield.
6: Cloverfield was pretty
5: neat yeah. at the time. Yeah, yeah was Cloverfield neat. was yeah. very neat. I, I, think, I think if anything it more... was good i think we'd be quite excited because it'd be a whole new genre at that point so we'd be yeah, like, oh, it's what's like this? wow
3: what are these big lizards and or monkeys um <laughs> uh, of course i'm also just fantasizing about a universe where the kaiju fandom collectively paid attention to colossal so mm-hmm. i I'm uh i love colossal i love that great movie, movie. yeah colossal
4: is a great movie mm-hmm.
0: Um, Paul, what I would say to the person who wrote into you is you mentioned Godzilla 1998, but prior to that, had there been tremors? Oh,
4: no, there would, no, wouldn't have been. This is how we trigger Paul. <laughs> no.
0: no this... so, um, do we need Godzilla if there'd been a graboid discussed? I like, how,
4: I like, I I like how Alex was the first one to bring up tremors. I know. I know. I'm back, wow. boys.
0: I'm back. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I think that we've had a kaiju renaissance. I think that the amount of content that we've had from a wide variety of things, you know, David mentioned uh, Pacific Rim. I think that like, we've not just had Godzilla from Toho. We've had like a huge amount of stuff from all corners of the world. I think that's been great. So I, I feel like whilst I have my nostalgia for the 60s and 70s, I think there's been enough going that
1: I can still love it in its own right for me. yeah. I
3: think, I think the that there's a- uh, People that arguments. grew up with- uh, yeah sorry
1: go ahead i was gonna say that i think the people that kind of grew up with that stuff now they're in the director's seat more often than not Mm -hmm. and uh they're given they prove themselves with other properties and so they're given a budget and the time to make the monster movies look now how we like to remember them as kids (laughs) you know it's like uh, the making of on pacific rim really shows that del toro is like i wanted to make this movie forever and like yeah you know, so it's like the respect and the and the uh the talent behind the people making it kind of come together to give us all some really good stuff
2: yeah well even even sh- like i mean it's it's not kaiju it's just a monster movie but even like how long did he spend trying to make shape of water he went wa- mm-hmm. that was supposed to be a creature from the black virgin movie he spent shape like 20 almost so 30 good. years trying to make it so it's Water's a beautiful cool. film
3: It's one of those films that there were three times that I, I just remembered, like, just openly bawling uh, in there's there's just a couple of instances in a row where it happened. I remember it happened in Shape of Water, where I was just started weeping because I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, someone made a movie just for me Mm -hmm. and no one else. And then the same thing happened when I watched Bumblebee. Because I was like, oh my god, so he made a Transformers movie, and it's not just a steaming pile. Um, when, so... you Bumble- when you said Bumblebee,
6: though, my mind immediately went to B-movie
3: for some reason. <laughs> that's what he's talking about.
6: That's what he's talking about. He was, he was talking made, about I clearly made was
3: sweaty. very stricken by the emotional journey of Jerry Seinfeld as a CGI bee. <laughs> like, <you know>? <laughs> just... <laughs> Oh my God. I, uh, I will say
6: Del Toro is a genius because I uh, I had the same emotion with Shape of Water and I had it with Pan's Labyrinth, uh, Crimson mm. Peak. He is just
0: that dude knows what he's doing and
6: it's clear he loves that stuff. And the amount of like stuff you don't notice, like in Crimson Peak, for example, like to show that a character is vulnerable. All the chairs she sits in are significantly bigger than her, so she looks small. Oh, and it's just like and all the colors
3: he uses. It's just like wow. It's, yeah, it's nice. It's I like, like his own...
4: use of asymmetry. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorite things that he does.
3: Del Toro makes movies for himself and the people who watch them and no one else. Because <laughs> it, because I just, I, you know, I think his movies are great. And I know a lot of people think his movies are great. And then I'll show his movies to, to other people who I think would like them. And they're just like, I don't get it. And I think that's fine. I think it's fine that he just kind of makes whatever. He's just is like, I'm making this for me. So...
0: That was a really nice letter written in. I thought that was a good conversation. Uh, Joe, what was yours?
4: Right. So mine is pretty generic, but still it brings a nice talking point. And I think everybody mm-hmm. here will probably appreciate it. Today's question was asked by Henry. And Henry asks, what is your favorite non-Godzilla series
0: monster?
1: Mm.
0: Non- Preboid. Uh-oh. Paul. Yeah, that's a good answer. Not the ass blaster. <laughs> I'm surprised at you. <laughs> um, so there we go. Non-Godzilla monster. So they're just asking monster, not kaiju, like, technically? Y-
5: yeah. yeah, monster.
4: I think he was implying... Henry's nine. So I think he was implying... Um,
5: <laughs>
2: kaiju,
5: I think
4: he yeah. was implying a kaiju, but not from the Toho yeah. cinematic universe. So yeah. I, I will answer uh, quite affectionately the beast from 20,000 Fathoms
3: very nice good choice mm-hmm. one of the first uh one of the first fictional characters to be referred to as a kaiju
2: yeah
3: i believe it was the first
2: i think it was the first because mm-hmm. of the, the, the japanese release of it. it was the first use of the word kaiju
3: yeah they called it like atomic kaiju something or other
6: yeah um well, no, this no, is I hard
3: haven't. yeah so i, I was, was gonna say yeah
6: this is difficult i'll um, say one that recently kind of blew me away because i did not expect it at all i went into the movie blind was uh that christian stewart movie uh like water, underwater. You, oh, under water. Yeah. One, yeah. underwater. Yeah, the kaiju that shows up at the end of that, because you know it's it's yeah, I guess it's spoilers in here. It's Cthulhu basically. And you're just like, you don't know that though going in. You have no idea what's going on. Mm. So
4: my partner likes Twilight, or at least at some point she did. So there's a Kristen Stewart movie that came out mm. and it had monsters in it, and she seized her opportunity quite quickly to get me to watch it and about halfway through the film i realized i was having a much better time than she was with this film but uh no i really enjoyed that film i really liked how the tentacles were kind of like where the human-sized creatures Mm -hmm. resided and i thought that i thought that was like a very eerie kind of creepy thing like the tentacles the underside is almost completely just like the human-sized creatures just latching on and it really gives you like an idea of the scale and how screwed they really were.
0: Mm. Yeah. I'm going to say, yeah, the Kraken from Clash of the Titans. Ooh, I feel like that that had a massive kind of impact on me as a kid. Which Clash of, of
4: the, have... the Titans? Oh, well, as a kid, there we go. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> like if I, if I could, I would throw my laptop out the window for that question. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it is a shame that, that, uh, that the director's cut of that movie will probably never see the light of day they clash the titans remake Mm -hmm. because apparently a director's cut was a much better film and uh they were it was more about like yeah zeus is just a big old prick Mm -hmm. everybody kind of hates him so the other gods are kind of going behind his back and like helping Mm -hmm. perseus out i'm like that's a much better story than zeus like flip-flopping all over the place yeah um Mm -hmm. anyway uh i'm gonna say Like, straight up, while Godzilla is my favorite franchise overall, I got to give it to Gamera. And I think, like, the seeds of that were planted as a kid when the trilogy came out in the 90s. But working on the Gamera set from Arrow, I got to dig in, really dig into Gamera. And now, whenever I just see his big, dumb face... (laughs) I just get this warm fuzzy feeling of just like oh it's my boy it's my my large son and so I I think I've got to give that to Gamera personally just because he's just he kind of gets forgotten about a little bit these days and I think that's really a shame yeah bought the Euro set as well
6: I didn't know you worked on that that's amazing
3: Oh, yeah, I did the artwork for the packaging and um, also brought people in like I wound up becoming an associate I want to be credited as like associate producer on that set because I brought in so many of my nerd friends to work on it but uh, yeah I did the art for that and so I was admired mm. in Gamera for like I wonder how much your, I wonder how much of your stuff I just secretly
6: owned mm. by accident
2: <laughs> <laughs> I wonder that yeah. I, I was also, I was going to say Gamera, but now I'll say someone else because i do going to say it. Gamera. Because, like, Gamera's, it's, I know sometimes Godzilla is a hero, but I always think Godzilla works better as a villain. And so Thank I you. That yes. Thank you. Is, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, the the opening of Godzilla vs. Kong, seeing legendary Godzilla actually kill people, bellissimo, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I'd have he's to gonna say, waltz into
4: Hong Kong and nuke it. Yeah. yeah.
2: In in terms of like, I'm gonna I'm gonna go really weird with this one. But one of my favorite Kaiju designs ever is King Gessera from Ultraman. Yes. He's a, yeah. He's a yes! beautiful creature, and he's oh. got these big round eyes and these big puffy fish lips, and he's like, he's just bizarre looking in that kind of ugly cute kind of way. Hold
3: on, I'll go get my my bandai figure yeah he's good
2: wow <laughs> so he's he's a great monster and i mean i probably have seen more stuff with like demora and those other Ultraman kaiju but yeah there he is king gesra <laughs>
1: i just i I love, that. I love that kaiju. so good i love him
0: and um, david i don't think you've said
1: uh as far as like actual kaiju because yeah when when paul said graboids, boys that's, yeah well, we're, like, we're, that's really we're loose here we're we're, we're running yeah <laughs> <of> community um <laughs> I'd say it's any any of the kaiju from like the first half of uh, Pacific Rim I really liked. Mm, uh, the, the other one, the other ones weren't bad. It's just that I, I, they made less of an impression on me because they were, most of them were like underwater the whole time. But yeah, I, I just love that movie. So, <laughs> um, well, but I, most of my most of my kaiju uh, exposure is uh, with the Godzilla franchise. So that's why I was like, oh, I'm not sure.
6: <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I guess technically Power Rangers counts too, right?
1: Yeah,
6: yeah, yeah. Those are totally. Yeah. Out
2: here.
0: <laughs> I think yeah. Matt. I, they they are have. people well, in can, suits
6: chopping around can, cities. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, if, if you can count graboids, they count. Sorry. If you can count Mechagodzilla, not... you can count the Dragon sword. No, nope. Dragon Zord. <laughs> oh. yeah,
3: yeah, my brain, my brain. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine.
0: <laughs> but what about this Godzilla Hello Kitty? as my favorite <laughs> um, you know, there you go
3: that's love pulling that. a hat trick
4: right there i'm telling you yeah
3: what. that wins i think i think she wins welcome Right, right let's take our first
0: break and then i insist that we focus on dawn of the monsters that's the plan
4: one hello and welcome back to kaiju curry house tonight we have the panel on dawn of the monsters the fantastic new game which has just come out so we're going to be talking about its recent release and what limited run have been preparing for us in this release. Guys, take it away.
6: Um, yeah, we uh we're uh, we're really big partners with Wayforward and a big fan of the games that they produce as well as the games that they like to publish because they have a very good eye for quality. Uh Dawn of the Monsters was brought to me a long time ago by Adam Tierney at Wayforward. He said, Hey, this is a game I'm looking at. What do you think of it? And immediately being a kaiju fan, I was like, I don't care what anybody else the company says, I'm down. Uh, so like let's let's figure it out and do it, and then you know over time he kept on getting more and more info for the game and working with uh the team and I just I don't know it's a it's a release that means a lot to me um and the Kaiju fans at limited run you know David being one of them um I remember you know he was really excited and he can kind of tell you more about some of the designs that went into the collector's edition we're doing um and then obviously I don't want to take away any of the spotlight from the devs to actually talk about the game because that's their baby um but yeah all I can say is the limited run team is really excited and i just this is
0: one of those games that makes like on a shelf it's like clear that we have a great lineup because this game's included i think just to rewind for a moment douglas uh, like i'm a huge limited run fan but for those of our listeners who don't know who limited run are uh, what is limited run uh yeah limited runs a publisher of physical games uh we also now publish
6: digital games as well once in a while but uh our whole idea was to stop the uh, eventual future of digital stuff only. Uh, we're big collectors. I mean, you can tell from my background. Does this podcast show backgrounds? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just talking. Uh, yeah, we're, we're big fans of stuff. We, we feel like real ownership comes from actually owning things. Uh, the digital future scares us. Things get delisted all the time. Our whole idea was to help combat that as well as we're all ex-developers. Uh, some of us still develop once in a while, and we really don't like the way the... Uh, the industry was treating you know developers in general like physical stuff was always considered too high risk it was considered a waste of money uh the way everybody was doing it before wasn't correct they were like i don't know there's just so many things that we looked at it immediately and were like theoretically we could do this better uh and but you know to be fair we were also like we're gonna be out of business in a month so thankfully we were wrong <laughs> on that <laughs> business part and we kept on going uh, and it's been great and you know i'm just really lucky we're at this point I will say one funny anecdote just about, or like thing that happened is when we first started working with WayForward, Josh, my co-founder told me about how many units he wanted to do for Shantae. And I immediately said, you're insane. It will never sell that much. Shantae is not that well-known. No one knows who that is. Like this is a obscure game. And boy, if I had to eat those words every time we release a Shantae game. Um, And I'm just really thankful that I was wrong and that that relationship has like blossomed because now we, like I said, get to work with WayForward all the time. Uh, and they're just constantly picking great games. And, you know, a kaiju thing is
0: something we had been talking about with
6: Wayford for a really
0: long time, and then they found the perfect game
6: to, like, be a part of. And, it's,
0: yeah, that's the end of my rant. <laughs> no, well, thank you for that introduction. Uh, Paul, I believe you have some questions for our guests.
5: Um, yeah. Um, I suppose when, when I... I um, Alex put a post on Facebook about Dawn the Monsters, and I, and I shared that, and we had a few comments. Um, and one thing I didn't realise... Because Limited Run, I've heard of you, um, but I wasn't aware that, for example, so we've got Dawn the Monsters. It's, um, it was up for pre-order from, I think, the 3rd of March. Um, it's being released digitally on the 15th of March, and then your pre-orders close on the 3rd of April. But it then takes eight to nine months for you to actually make the physical product and ship it. So is that right? Or am I way mm, off? Yes and no. <laughs> it, uh,
6: the, the standard editions will ship a lot sooner um okay the, the collector's edition stuff because especially after covid uh materials are hard to get sourced we do as much as we can on pre-production um we of the monsters we had done a lot of work ahead of time so we're hoping to get it shipped sooner but that's kind of we're a very big uh, under promise over deliver company mm. so you know worst case scenario eight to nine yeah. months for everything for this game to ship but in reality, a lot of the standard stuff will be sold sooner or shipped sooner. Uh, and we hope to get the CE stuff down. It's just, you know, everything's so random now, it's hard to pinpoint.
5: I can imagine, yeah. So I, I take it most of your customers are probably double-dipping, aren't they? Where they, they get the digital edition because they want to play it straight away. Yeah. But then they also just want, they just they just like to have that physical something, don't they, for their collection? Absolutely. I've always double-dipped. Yeah. There you
6: go. <laughs> a, lot of, yeah. a lot of our developers have told us that their digital sales spike when we do a physical release. Um, And it's because our collectors sometimes they don't want to open the release or they don't want to wait for the release to show up, so they they buy it digitally. Or they're like me, and I hate admitting this in public, but I feel like it's time. I uh, I buy the physical version, but my lazy self will buy a digital version as well, so I don't have to change the disc (laughs) or cartridge so often. Um, Yeah, yeah. yeah,
3: yeah, come ahead. No, I, I was just—I was going to add to that by saying, like, even though I am getting uh, a, a limited run version of the game, uh, because as I worked on it, I just went ahead and pre-ordered one anyway because I'm just like, yeah, but but this way I'm sure to get like, you know, it's like, it's just, it's just, I'm stacking the deck as much in my favor as possible. <laughs> Cause my, yeah. my just as a fan, my eyeballs exploded when I saw like everything that was coming in the set. I'm like, give it, give it to me now. So yeah.
0: Yeah. I think, speaking as a consumer, what I find is that because of the type of games that limited run supply, because they are indie games, I feel kind of invested. So, like, I held a Ben Plus Plus there. Like, I have it probably on my PS4, I think, and they also have it on my Switch, but I have a physical copy as well because it's that feeling of that I'm kind of supporting something which is unusual, and that's kind of why I like Mm -hmm. it. So, yeah, I am going to get Dawn of the Monsters on Switch, probably a download, but I'll also kind of buy myself a physical copy. Will I get that physical copy off the shelf very often? No. However, it's that feeling of... You know what, this kind of matters, and that's what's nice about it. However, um, Alex, like I know that you've been on our show before, and I've not had the chance to meet you until today, so thank you. Uh, but just in case any of our listeners today aren't quite sure what Dawn of the Monsters is, can you just give us like an overview of what that game is, please?
2: Sure. Yeah, so Dawn of the Monsters is a 2.5D side-scrolling beat-em-up, but it takes more inspiration from the likes of Bayonetta and God of War than necessarily from Final Fight or you know, Double Dragon. Uh, yeah, it's got 35-plus missions. It's got DNA augments you can use to upgrade and customize your character. It's got an in-depth story and world built around the world of, of uh, Dawn of the Monsters. Um, lore archives, upgrades, all sorts of unlockables. It's kind of like if Platinum Games made a beat-em-up is how I like to think about it, but if... All the characters are giant monsters, and instead of picking up crowbars and trash cans, you're picking up fully dynamic, destructible buildings and smashing them over people's heads and ripping off heads and doing all sorts of gruesome,
0: gruesome stuff. Excellent, uh, Paul. Were there any other questions that we've got on our list?
5: Uh, there was one one comment that, I, and I found the answer to on Google. Um, but we noticed there's a lack of Xbox release, and is that something to do with Microsoft wanting a certain quantity? Um, I that, believe. Is
6: that... that used to be true uh, we are officially partnered with Xbox it's just the process okay. is a lot slower um, and to be absolutely fair anytime we've carried like a partner's Xbox release it's unfortunately the lowest selling title so it doesn't always make sense, it's kind of like a title per title basis at this moment um, and you know I gotta hand it to Phil Spencer, he's done a great job at nailing Game Pass down people's throat uh, <laughs> and like people are just conditioned on Xbox to to, to embrace digital, and that's fine. Um, but <clears throat> there's definitely still a collector community, and we're definitely evaluating. WayFord is one of the partners we're actually
5: mainly focusing on, like trying to
6: do Xbox stuff. So you never know in the future, there could be a Dawn of the Monsters Xbox release. It's just we're going to launch stuff later this year and kind of test the market and see how it does. And if it's,
0: you know, it does well enough, uh, we're going to put it out because we're big Xbox fans internally, even if like
6: they're not fans of what we do. <laughs> you know there's people obviously within microsoft where you never it got approved but as a company their focus is clearly digital so they're definitely not like thinking about us
5: okay so so, sorry i'll just go back there so you say potentially could be a dawn of the monsters on xbox later so do you re-release some titles at a later date sometimes then yeah
6: re-releases we it would be a new release technically on
5: that platform Um, okay
6: Yeah, so, you know, sometimes we'll
5: work with a dev and maybe they
6: focus on a Switch version and then later like, hey, Switch did really well, now I'm porting it to the PlayStation, could you do a physical there? And we'll do it like that. Um, Obviously, if we knew ahead of time, we'll just say, no, it might make more sense to release everything at once, but sometimes the dev doesn't have the bandwidth to focus on that, and that's fine.
0: Um, So, yep. So I have a question. Um, How is it that Limited Run goes about kind of picking out a game and going, you know what, we want to release a physical copy of that? What's the process involved with that? Um, A lot
6: of it, at least originally on, came down to Josh and I's taste. Um, We made a wish list of all the games we wanted to do when we started. We started from there and then we kind of just go and uh, play games and decide like, hey, that's a game I like. And, you know, again, there's not a whole lot of, well, there really isn't any Kaiju stuff coming out game-wise. So any opportunity you can get to work with something and then it being quality is like a huge bonus. I think the last Kaiju game I really played was you know, I hate I hate that it's worth so much money now because it's really not a good game and I played it a lot just because I had no choice but that Godzilla PS4 game oh, um, yeah. <laughs> it had an insane roster which was the one good thing about it but otherwise it was like the slowest drag of a game ever but we haven't had anything really since then so Dawn of the Monsters is a nice fresh breath of air um, and I'm really excited and again, the whole reason we're doing it is because it, it appeals to me which is a lot of our games it's just like you know, and to be fair, not every game appeals to me, and we do have a large team now, so if there's a game genre, for example, I'm not familiar with, or, like, I don't play a lot, I will seek outside uh, influence
0: and then make a good decision there. Excellent. Um, question for David. So, can you tell us about your involvement specifically with Dawn of the
1: Monsters? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I I do some design work at Limited Run, but my focus is uh, 3D uh, stuff I came over from uh, game development for about 10 or 11 years as a 3D environment artist, um, and I and I worked with limited run sister uh, company uh, during that time so it was just really just a transition to focusing on collect- collectibles and uh, 3D uh, items that are included with a lot of collectors editions. Mm-hmm. So um, I was unaware of Dawn of the Monsters as a title until uh, s- people were tagging me in our in our internal team chat saying like, "Oh, David's gonna love this one." And and <laughs> thankfully they were looking for uh, small mini figures uh, in like a chibi kind of style to be made for. for I the
3: love characters. those so much. Uh,
1: thank you. Uh, they, it was it was a real pleasure to work on that. I mean, uh, the uh, and it was nice because like you know some of them robotic and do like some hard surface modeling which I enjoy. But then what don't what i don't often get a chance to do is organic stuff so uh the megadon model was particularly fun to do um and uh yeah so that, that was sort of what i was tasked with was just doing the the renders for the the announcements and and making the figures that will go into production um uh, so and it, th- those kind of designs and stuff have always appealed to me anywhere from like you know, the old Godzilla movies to robot jocks to Pacific Rim. So that's, that's my jam. Amazing. Uh, well, before we take our second break, David,
0: can you tell our listeners what can they expect from the uh, special edition release?
1: Oh, uh, down the monster. So there's a, I know, there's a commemorative coin. There's the four minifigures with like a little uh, a backdrop of like a destroyed city. I believe it's Toronto in the, in the backdrop yeah. uh, to go behind them. Uh, the collector's edition has uh, this really cool like VHS aesthetic, uh, which one of our artists uh, Steve uh, tackled, and he uh, was th- God you, you got 13AM uh, sent us so much good reference of like all these old cassettes. So he's got like you <laughs> know stickers like it looks like stickers are like doubled up on each other with some like fraying around the edges and stuff. Um, and uh, God, what else? There's a there's a soundtrack in there and God, there's probably character character cards a poster a poster. poster yeah poster. there it is yeah. Cards. Yeah. oh yeah but uh, now uh, matt are you are you the artist that did like the the yeah the cut? Uh,
3: yeah i did the i did the kaiju anatomy posters okay it, the those are here. awesome and oh, thanks so... I, I actually did a fun little thing where i had some vellum paper and this is how i did the organs i actually did a layover if you can hear me, I could a layover physically of like how the organs mapped onto the different kaiju, uh, onto the two different characters. Those um, are really
1: cool. Uh, thank you. And in preparation for, for like joining you guys today, I, I checked out a few episodes of the Kaiju Curry House and uh, the Tremors oh episode was one because uh, Tremors <laughs> is like my one or two top favorite franchises ever and uh so i was checking out like the was it the arrow video release yes yeah and i was like yeah i know that artwork that's in the the hey. stuff and i mentioned yeah. it at, at work and steve the artist who's doing the box cover he's like i have that tremors release and uh, he's like i didn't know that was in there and i was like you didn't even open it up, did you? <laughs> yeah, I got, I, I, as a quick
3: anecdote, I got a lot of static, not a lot of static. Like for the most part, people were, the, for Trimmer's fandom was really cool. Like they really enjoyed the artwork I did for that. But the, uh, but I got a lot of people asking like, okay, but where are the shrieker sacks? Like, where's, where's the shrieker in there? And I'm sitting here thinking like, well, I mean, in-universe, they probably hadn't fully dissected all the parts of the uh, Graboid first, and so they probably don't know what a Shrieker Sack is when you are looking at it. So this is just in the context of the first movie, and then eventually somebody uh, gives me a swirly, and uh, I uh, stop talking. But um, yeah, no, uh, uh, Alex asked me to, um, to do these anatomy charts because um, – because uh, just because I don't know what his motivation was, other than he knows I'm a big nerd and I like this stuff. But um, uh, I had actually just gotten done doing very similar anatomy charts uh, for the Eisenborg, the Dinosaur War Eisenborg comic that I worked on. Um, and I did some dinosaur anatomy charts like that. And I was, I was like, oh, so like these? And he's like, yes, that, do that. Yeah. <laughs> so
2: yeah. it was it was the, because we knew we wanted to. We wanted pretty much every piece of, of the collector's edition to be an homage or a, a reference or a throwback. And I was like, okay, well, we got to do the anatomy poster. And I was like, well, who can do anatomy posters? And then I was like, wait, Matt did one for the Tremor set. Matt can do this.
3: <laughs> I messaged Matt on Facebook and I was like, hey, you yeah. can do this, right? And he was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. I I just, it, it was funny. Uh, Shoji Otomo, I believe, was the guy who, the artist who mostly gets credited for kind of creating that aesthetic from mm. the old uh, kids' magazines in Japan. And so I just, I always go back to his stuff. I mean, it's just, it's just gorgeous. And I feel like I'm getting, Every time I do it though, I feel like I'm getting a little closer. And yet at the same time, I'm like, ah, it's not quite there yet. And I think it's because he actually is hand, um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He is hand doing all the little details that I'm just doing, some of the details I'm doing digitally. And I'm just like, oh, I guess I don't have 47 hours to spend on this thing. <laughs> but uh, still, they're, they're a ton of fun
1: to do. I love doing them. The shows, the shows coming through. Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's time for our second break when we return let's hear a bit more about this wonderful
3: game and um yeah that's pretty much it folks thank you welcome back to kaiju curry house today we are talking about dawn of the monsters with a couple of guys and some mooks and some jerk from texas how's everybody doing today excellent all right
0: and um, matt you were about to tell us about your involvement with this game and possibly some of the character designs um if you're not restricted too much on that
3: Well, um, since the monsters are not, uh, have not been publicly revealed yet, and since, you know, people haven't gotten the game yet, we won't go too much into detail, but uh, yeah, um, Alex actually approached me uh, a couple of years ago, um, and uh, at the time I was pretty busy with other stuff, and admittedly I get a lot of emails from people being like, hey, we're starting a thing, Uh, we're doing a kaiju related thing, you want in on this, and I was at the time sort of thinking, like, I guess we'll see how where it goes, you know, because I'm got, being pulled in like 19 different directions. And when I saw the game in a more finished form or a, a, a closer to when I saw the game proper at GFest, I was like, oh, I got to get in on this. Like, this is just too cool. So I frantically was um, started trying to talk to Alex being like, okay, but like remember me and <laughs> so yeah so I, I wound up um, mostly for the most part doing promotional artwork I did the poster that was part of nin- um, Nintendo what was the name of the magazine Nintendo Force? Nintendo Force yeah yeah Nintendo Force which the poster came out beautifully um, and then it's, I did it's the- also it's also
2: the the icon on switch is that <gasps> is that piece man? I don't know oh if you knew that.
3: I'm a special boy. Um, <laughs> that's exciting. Um, and then I did the monster anatomy, the, the, the kaiju anatomy charts for Megadon and um, Tempest Galahad. Uh, but I also designed a couple of enemies that show up in the game. And I don't want to go into too much detail, but they show up as kind of mini bosses, right? And then they become regular enemies. But I tried to get weird with it because Alex sent me all these cool design directives and I remembered one thing he mentioned was that the monsters, the aesthetic of the Nephilim, is uh, heavily inspired by ancient sculptures and and pottery, specifically the statues from like prehistoric Japan, like pre samurai era Japan. Uh, what are those called again?
2: Oh, uh, dogu. Probably... Yeah, I mean, dogu. Like the, the, yeah. the
3: era. I don't remember the name of the
2: era. Yeah, like, dogu is the famous thing.
3: Yeah, and they have these very cool swirls and different like just cool little aesthetics to them. And again, I was I was in Tokyo and I will pass through like a little mini museum and a mall that had a couple of those things on display. And I'm just frantically taking pictures of them. And then I used those as heavy inspiration for the two uh, monsters I designed. So I tried to get like I said, I tried to get weird with it. Like still guys in suits, but like no arms. <laughs> so yeah it was a lot of fun and uh yeah I'm just but but just as a fan I'm just excited overall
0: I think Joe you've been very quiet this episode which is quite atypical for you and I'm just thinking whilst you're not a gamer possibly (laughs) kind of your angle you might kind of have some interesting questions for Matt and Alex well
4: I do like the idea of a physical release it's it's quite often remarked at our house that i'm always going off and buying the blu-rays or dvd of something and uh when there's a digital release i usually argue back well they can't take away the physical release from me Mm -hmm. because uh it's it's one of those things i think that on amazon's terms and conditions even if you buy something on amazon like a movie that's there for as long as they deem you know themselves or they they deem that they have the rights or the distribution of that film so that can disappear but i i'm very happy that games are still still being released as physical copies with collector stuff so i will say that because the last time i bought a game
5: make a draw snez.
4: that that would have been ps3
0: ps3
5: wow
4: i think i think (laughs) who who hurt you (laughs) yeah yeah um no, it was just, uh, I don't know. It, it was just one of those things. I've always been drawn more to physical games. So I, I will be the guy sitting there playing Warhammer or Heroclix or Magic or something like that. But I, I like the idea of a physical release. I really like all of the things that I've seen that it, it's evident that you put in a lot of fan Easter eggs or a lot of nostalgia into this game. And I find that that's really, that's really moving to me because in a lot of the new kaiju releases like the films like the comic books what have you there's an element to always add something new to it and you know to do to do a different spin whereas sometimes you know you can just keep something the way it was and just be very subtle about the newness that you bring to it so one Mm -hmm. of the things that i get out of like we'll use godzilla 2014 as an example so I would have been quite happy with a period piece like they did with Kong Skull Island. Um, Or, you know, like how Kong Skull Island had a lot of, you know, like, World War II moments, you know, that were thrown in there. So I like the fact that, you know, like, there's a really nice nostalgia center to this game. And that, that appeals to me. And while I'm not a gamer, I will certainly play it because I have children who are of the age who will love this game. But, you know, like, that's one of the things that I'll enjoy, you know, watching. and. I really, like I said, I just really appreciate that. So one of the things that, you know, like it really drives home for me how lovely this game is, is that the characters, like the kaiju themselves, you haven't made any attempt to make them look like rational creatures. There isn't necessarily a biological directive behind them. They are fantasy creatures. You're quite proud of that. This is a large crab monster. And it is it is a... You know, like bipedal humanoid. It has it has four limbs. You know, like it's just that. That's great.
3: Sex. Oh, so, yeah.
4: Oh, okay. There's a little dinkers well, on the side. Okay, my apologies. I actually, but,
2: you know, I think it's to to comment on that a bit because I I think you touched on something that was kind of core to how we tried to develop the game, is that, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, in, in in kaiju movies, there's been so many kaiju movies for so many years that. At this point, they almost have to bring something new. Like Shin Godzilla ha- goes crazy, right, compared to other Godzilla movies because they can't just retread. Otherwise, it's like, well, I mean, have I seen this before? Is this really... Like, like we probably don't mind. I think we're, we're all fine with kaiju comfort food. But mm-hmm. in general, movies have to do something new or exciting to to get butts and seats. Um, but when it came to Dawn of the Monsters, we kind of felt like it had been so long since there had been a a well-received kaiju video game that if we did something totally out of left field that was so unique it might not be recognizable as kaiju and therefore are we really doing justice to the concept so we had to try to balance like we we didn't want megadon to just be you know blue Godzilla or something we didn't want him to just be a knock we, we wanted him to be unique but we also wanted it to be very clear that if you looked at this game you would go those those kaiju remind me of what I loved as a kid you know you you see that from the like Tempest Galahad is pretty unique but you look at her and you're like there's a little Pacific Rim in there but there's a little like Mazinger there's a little bit of this that you look at Aegis Prime like okay there's a little Ultraman in there there's a little maybe Common Rider it's enough we we wanted to be very uh, you want clear to in nods. our minds. Yeah, we wanted to think of nods. We didn't want to rip off and we didn't want it to be a pastiche or a parody. We wanted this to be a new world and a new story. But uh, we wanted it to be recognizable. We wanted it to pass the sniff test, right? right? Yeah, I think there are some times where we were arguing earlier, earlier on this podcast, is that really a kaiju or is it just a giant monster, right? There's a flavor to kaiju that is hard to describe, but you know it when you see it
3: yeah i think that's the thing that i was that's exactly my words that i thought in my head Words, you know when you see it when it comes to kaiju there is an aesthetic to it like you know it i i i do it, when we were talking earlier we we're kind of kidding around about oh, with power rangers or those kaiju you know but it's like and it's like whatever it really triggered you didn't it <laughs> it's not that it triggered me i just i'm so I'm so tired of people saying, "Is Clifford the big red dog a kaiju? you? And it's not even a real question. <laughs> you heard that on game grumps and you won't shut <laughs> up about it. And <laughs> I just I, but I do agree, like the aesthetic of it. and I also have to have to I want to piggyback on that real quick with uh, something uh, I have to I have to give credit to Alex for really pushing to get. A nice wide swath of kaiju artists involved like Mm -hmm. you know i mean you got friggin yuji kaida to do the box art for the limited run vhs cover and i mean that's i think that's my favorite piece he's ever done and kaida sensei has done a lot of art and you know y'all got nishikawa to do to do a monster design and just (sighs) and it all lends this it all lends this uh, credibility, I would say to mm. it, but you also are encouraging the artists to think outside of the box and try some new stuff. And I think that's finding that balance is really important. And I think you guys nailed it. Thank you.
2: Yeah, that was the goal is, is, is credibility. I, I want people in Japan to look at it and go, yeah, this is Kaiju.
3: Is there a Japanese release planned? I can't remember.
2: We We are planning one. We are planning to do a Japanese oh. release. We haven't finalized it yet. Um, okay but uh that's that's the goal. We've already received a lot of requests from overseas fans, from Japanese fans saying like, is, there gonna, is it gonna be in Japanese? Mm. So we're definitely planning one.
4: It's interesting to see that dynamic because more often than not, we're we're over here like, yeah. Is, yeah. There, is there is there going to be an English release of that? kaiju goodness <laughs> on that on that thing yeah. We, yeah we would we would like some of that over here please
0: yeah i think one of the biggest problems for me about being a kaiju fan is that a we don't get all of the releases that other continents get mm-hmm. and b it's the shipping that, that that's the mm-hmm. common that's issue cool. for me it's it's like you go oh i want that thing that looks great and you're like all right fine you know and then you add the shipping and you go oh well yikes that that's now uh 50 and then the customs <laughs> yeah. yeah plus the customs yeah. and like uh, not not to kind of whinge but you do that that has actually doubled the price of this thing and i want that thing but that makes it very difficult to <sighs> no fees here. i mean I've still, <laughs> i mean,
3: <I've> still <laughs> you technically
4: do get them there's just a higher threshold mm, before they check in yeah. I mean,
3: I've got some. I've got some stuff that uh, I was over there in the UK is still waiting on that uh, that he wanted me to autograph for him, and I'm terrified to yeah, send it um, because it's either going to be triple or quadruple, however much to ship it, or somebody in the UK postal service is just going to throw it in the garbage. Which I mean, seems to happen more often.
0: Matt, just mean. be honest. You're sulking because I asked you to do me a fan art Mecca Clifford the Dog. That's what it was, <laughs> like I autographed.
3: You told me we weren't going to talk about that. <laughs> and you're every around.
2: brushstroke <laughs> is with
5: seething spite.
0: <laughs> <You
3: know? laughs> yeah. No, it I was the autograph tremors
0: uh, poster. Of what it was, which you know, I, yeah. I every day I, I, I cry because it's not in my. <laughs> <hand>. <laughs> Yeah. But, um, Alex, please, more about uh, Dawn of the Monsters. Like, you know, I, I am so excited for this. Um, what are you most excited for people to be playing? When they actually sit down, whether it's with limited run or a digital, what are you most proud of for our gamers? Uh, that's hard. Uh, I will say,
2: I think we've been able to see a couple of play testers. Uh, a good amount of play testers grab the game and start playing it and it's always one of the most exciting things about being a game developer is watching someone play it for the first time Mm -hmm. and every time we've had a play tester pick up the game uh there's a couple of things that that happen one is they walk up and they realize they can pick up a building and then they immediately just throw the building and giggle (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, another thing is they'll, cause you know, you start the game, the first level you, you play as Megadon to, to learn the ropes, um, that they'll then walk up to an enemy and then realize that you can rip off their heads and then they'll giggle and then they'll realize you can pick up that head and use it as a weapon. I love it. <laughs> and, and so I, I just, I just can't wait for people to experience it. And just to like hear all the stories about, you know, all the stuff we've, we've, we've been planning so many things over the past years for people to experience Um, another thing for me is, and I actually, I was on a podcast earlier today and I mentioned this is, I, we've created a really interesting world that I'm really interested for people to experience the story. Mm. Uh, It's something that's not as prevalent in the trailers and stuff, but there's actually quite an in-depth story, um, and, and a lot of human characters and things like that. But I also, a couple of weeks ago, I was like, you know what, I'm going to try and make a total list of all the Easter eggs in Dawn of the Monsters, all the (laughs) homages, all the winks and nods. And it just got so big. And, <laughs> and I was just like, this is going to be too much. I can't wait for people to point them out. And part of me was like, "Ah, I don't know if anyone's going to notice, you know, these subtle things. And uh, people are already starting to pick up on them in in trailers or, or material. So I, I am excited for people to to start to uncover all those mysteries and all the corners of, of the world of Dawn of the Monsters and, and all the homages. Because some of them get pretty pretty obscure. So I'm, I'm hoping someone will, uh, someone obsessive will go through and catalog them all in like a Wikipedia page or something. Is, <laughs> see,
4: now is, that now that you threw them down that gauntlet, I'm going to have to play this game a lot.
1: <laughs>
0: is, like, I think you should. have Triggered me now. This, this could Joe, be the game that brings Joe back to gaming. Yeah. <laughs> Just think of that. Yeah. Yeah. Is Jamila
3: I, a reference? Is Jamila's name a reference? Yep. <laughs> okay. Good. I thought so.
2: There, there were people on the development team who didn't realize that until. Someone called it out on Twitter and they were like, Alex, did you sneak in a kaiju reference into the name
0: of Jamila? And I was like,
3: yeah, who can, well, say? Right. Who can and say? David
0: and Douglas, as our limited run representatives here, um, what elements of this game do you love most that you can mm. tell us?
3: <laughs>
0: One of the, I did, um,
6: I'll let David go first because I actually have more of a question for Alex and Matt um, that I really wanted to know. But
1: uh, David, if you'd like to go. All right um well a couple things actually uh as i watched more material for the game i kind of got the sense that it played like the old like streets of rage games or, or like the king of the monsters games and yeah. i distinctly remember you know going to the pizza hut with my dad pumping in a few quarters the king of the monsters all the way before we went home and you know i i really love like the interaction like with the the levels that i've seen so far like kind of like what alex said about grabbing buildings and whatnot um and I just haven't played a good like beat 'em up game in a long time. Not that they're they aren't around. I just I just don't get to play as many games now. But as I as I mentioned before, my 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 daughter, she's five, she's been watching me work on the figures and she's just like super into it. She's like, Let me see that shrimp guy again. Like, oh, he's looking pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she and I are gonna be playing that together, and I'm really looking forward to like sharing playing a game with her that is something I would play on my own anyway. Um, And uh, I did want to make a a note too, I'm I'm, a big shout out to the artists and then the art style for the game because when I was uh, doing the 3D figures at one point, uh, we were wondering, I'm like, well, why don't they just send us the 3D models from the game and I can (laughs) use that (laughs) as reference because I don't know what they look like from the back or, you know, and that kind of stuff and we had a couple back and forth and we're like why don't they just send us the 3d models and we're like oh no these are all hand drawn we're like oh god damn they got me So uh,
2: <laughs>
1: we've tricked a few people we've tricked a lot of people yeah more it's, than it's really well done so because i think like the buildings are 3d i'm assuming because they you yeah. right and so i think like all the, the art style and the, and the buildings kind of uh going across the screen uh, your art team and i'm sure the uh engineering and uh, tech art team have done a phenomenal job on the game it looks wonderful so thank you that means a lot uh one of the questions
6: i want to ask you guys is like obviously you know you're sitting here playing with your your figures from the game uh you got
5: the limited run physical release coming the collector's
6: edition like what does it mean to you guys having all this physical stuff like is it does it mean a lot to you having something immortalized basically for you for such a really cool project like i would love to hear like
2: what that means to you for for me it kind of makes it like real quote unquote you know like it's it for it's like a dream come true right as a kid i'd always imagine that i'm gonna create a kaiju universe and i'm gonna we're gonna have toys and we're gonna you know i was thinking about movies i'm gonna have it on tape maybe tape's a little outdated now but i just love tape but uh yeah so like for me i mean i've got it when we did rumbo we did a physical version of that game and it was surreal to be able to like, i'm holding a wii u game like i'm holding a 3ds game i'm holding a switch game That's that i made this that's insane um we didn't get to do that for double cross but for don of the monsters it's like not only are we doing a physical game we're doing a massive collector's set with little figures and a cool poster and coin and trading cards it's like it's it's probably one of the not not that I wouldn't have enjoyed the games like I love the games that I've I've made but this is probably the first time where if I never touched Don of the Monster, if I was just Joe Schmo on the street and there was some other guy who directed it I would have I would have ordered this like instantly mm-hmm. you know uh, I think that's what's really cool for me is it's uh, pressing my buttons very specifically so
3: I um. I'm always under the, uh, even though, uh, despite all evidence to the contrary, I always have this slight thing in the back of my head that I think a lot of freelancers have, which is, oh, one day this is all going to end, and uh, you're just you're they're gonna, there's going to be a man who's going to come to your door with a clipboard and says, okay, it's over, you got to get a regular job. Um, <laughs> so I uh, stole that from Neil Gaiman. Um, so I actually have a a major impulse to. Basically, have an archive of all of the stuff I've worked on, or as much as I can physically get a hold of. You know, I I, I believe I have a copy of every comic I've done art for, or at least a, and the covers and everything, or at least some representation of that. Um, you know, a, a couple of the other. I mean, I even have a the DVD release of that uh, Asylum Monster <laughs> Island movie that I did mon- a monster design for. Like, <laughs> that's, for better or for worse. Um, but I think it, and, and, and just to put a cherry on top, I have the pinball machine over there in the corner of my studio, uh, the Ultraman pinball machine that I did the artwork for. It took about three hours uh, to get that thing out of the, off the front doorstep and into the house and set up. So, yes, I have a major need for the physical representation of the things I worked on hence why I have probably several versions of the limited run release coming to me because and it's not just that I worked on it the thing that makes me so proud to work on is what I mentioned earlier is that I get to share the space with some of my favorite personal favorite artists and friends who also have done artwork for the game and done designs for the game Um, and having that all in this package is really exciting and yeah, like Alex said, if as a kid you want to like you 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 want to like make a kaiju thing and have there be toys and have there be books and have there be whatever, and um, honestly, between Dawn of the Monsters and a couple other original kaiju things that have come out recently, like a couple of different manga and things like things like that, I finally lit a fire under my butt to go ahead and make my own original kaiju thing and something that's been percolating for a while so i'm uh, i'm finally going to push forward on that so thank you for the inspiration yeah.
2: and i'll say one one other thing that makes it really important for me is like in terms of, like, family and friends, like, it's hard to show my grandma, like, here, here's this digital game I have on Switch. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But, like, I can hand her a copy and be like, I made this, and she gets it. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I think that's, you know, kind of irreplaceable to me. Absolutely.
0: I've herself- certainly found that, like, for every game that I've done a digital download for... If I'm honest, I can't remember what I was doing when I downloaded it or what was going on. And I know this sounds overly sentimental, but like I look at my DVD and Blu-ray collection and my my game collection from like my my GameCube, my N64. Mm -hmm. I can remember what was going on in my life at that time. And it's like Mm -hmm. a snapshot of that. And that's what I like about physical. But like I have a connection to that time. I know that sounds very kind of uh, sackery, but like it, it feels a lot more meaningful for me than, oh, that cool, click, download it. Mm-hmm. It's like, it feels a bit kind of empty. Mm. Also, okay. it's true.
6: I definitely agree with that. I assign memories to music, movies, smells, sounds, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. purchases
6: that meant a lot to me. Like, especially back in the day when I was really into gaming and like always broke, like it was such an achievement just to be able to buy a game and, you know, play that to death for like mm-hmm. a month. Um, and it definitely feels as less personal when it's just a digital download
0: yeah like to go into a friend's house and kind of like look on their DVD kind of shelf and go, oh, you're that kind of person. you're like, oh, you like those films, but you can't kind of like judge someone yeah. by oh, what do you have on Netflix on your on your list yeah,
2: yeah. it becomes kind of disposable. <laughs> and this that was just to that point. this is when I was I, think I was five years old, I walked into Zeller's, which is a Canadian department store that no longer exists. and this was the first Godzilla I ever saw I ever I ever got, and like it kind of set me on mm. my path in a way. So I, I keep it on here on my on my desk. It's a bit of, it's a it's a piece of history for me. No one else would probably care about a a slightly oh. broken old Godzilla toy, but I do.
5: Yeah. No. I feel like I have like- to
4: comment here. Um, <laughs> since you're all getting so nostalgic, I fear was just, So we've created our own kaiju and we're doing our own con and not to steal any of your thunder, but i am I've got some prototypes that I can see within iShot that are super secret as it were. And one of the things that they represent to me as a physical manifestation is everybody gets ideas. Everybody has something or they were like, oh, I want to do this. I want to accomplish this. I I want to do this. And a lot of folks, they don't do that. There are things that come up. There's life, there's all sorts of things. But when you actually have a physical manifestation of your idea, that's not in your head that you can show people that it's actually getting done like it's in the world it's not just in here because lots of people i don't want to say just about anybody but lots of people can get things in their head but to actually have it in the physical world in my opinion that's a great leap forward psychologically mentally because in a sense you've kind of made it both literally and figuratively you know you've you've gone past that step where so many people fail and yeah to have a physical representation of your ideas is a really cool thing
0: a wonderful note to end on thank you for that joe i think that it's time for us to wrap up now we normally end with if nothing else can we just very briefly as a group starting with david if nothing else david can you recommend something to our listeners whether it's like a self-promotion or a kaiju piece of media that you think go out and seek this out it's fantastic what's something precious to you please
1: oh that's really <laughs> easy uh robot jocks is available to watch on youtube for free uh so if you've never seen that gem of movie um great stuff oh yeah i'll uh i'll throw that out there hell Anything yeah um,
0: douglas please sir uh check out limited run games <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, to add to that, I'm just going to say, um, check out limited run games, but then check out what price things go for on eBay when you do not snatch them up in time. Because mm-hmm. I did not hit the trigger on uh, Abe's Odyssey when that was uh, brought out by uh, sorry wow. new and new and tasty limited mm-hmm. run, and I was like, ah, oh, should I? Uh, and I didn't go for it, and that's a that's a deep cut, that's an old it, one. It, it was yep, go but, for uh, it, yep, and
5: um, Paul. Um, well, I'll say once you've finished playing Dawn of the Monsters and you, in, uh, I'm going to throw out something that, that David mentioned, which is um, King of the Monsters, because I've got huge nostalgia for that. You can yeah. buy it digitally, I think, on all platforms. I mean, I've, I bought myself um, a Neo Geo Mini just to have it on something physical, um, but you can get it digital on all, on all platforms. Oh, so, um, yeah, another Kaiju game to pick up. Once so once you've got Dawn of the Monsters, of course.
0: Alex?
2: uh i feel like my team would yell at me if i didn't just recommend <laughs> people pick up down of the monsters on <laughs> march 15th uh put a lot of work into it it's on everything under the sun ps4 ps5 xbox series xbox one switch pc uh even stadia if you want to stream it um and of course like the we put a lot of work into the into the limited run games physical version and i mean like it it was one of those things where I was like, hey, here's the ideas I have. And Limited Run was like, okay, just take them, ran with them, came back and was like, <laughs> I, I, what can I say? This is, you know, beautiful, ship it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, check it out. Joe.
4: I will echo what everybody else has said. Um, totally check out Dawn of the Monsters. Check out the library from Limited Run, whatever you can snap up. Um, I will also uh, self-promote in this case um the rondo hatton awards are currently going on and they nominate a variety of horror science fiction if you're listening to this podcast it's up your street we'll just put it that way Um, (laughs) but you cannot you can actually write in and nominate people you don't necessarily have to pick from the choices that they give you I will do an obvious plug for Kaiju Curry House and category 19 for podcast, mm-hmm. but there are lots of other great ones. And one of the really lovely things about these awards is there's a lot of lesser known media and stories that you can vote for. And I think that it's really great to see that inclusion. So while you may not know every category, just looking at that list of nominees that they have shows you a great deal of good stuff that you could take you know, from there from uh the genre as it were so i'm going to recommend that everybody uh take a look at their list and uh please vote for us and um
0: yeah that's that's me for tonight well finally mr turtle man
3: i like turtles um let me say well obviously dawn of the monsters i'm super excited to be a part of it I actually have been because uh, I do a regular um, let's play series on rage select and uh, every episode I've been doing the last couple of weeks, I've just been ending with of the monsters. Um, so you've got your advertisement there, but uh, in addition to that, um, just on as far as stuff I'm working on, I've got a couple of new Godzilla things that are in the works that I can't still can't really talk about. Uh, I am working on a, uh, a uh, collection of the Dark Horse Godzilla comics being released in Japan, and I'm doing connecting covers for all of those. They are in Japanese, but you can order them uh, it, uh, internationally. And uh, let's see, um, I mean, there's a laundry list of things like Spectrum Man Heroes and uh, uh, a few other projects that I've been working on. But as far as like personal uh, recommendations for stuff that I like, uh like i said i've been really into been getting caught up on manga recently there's three that i'm just all about right now which are uh super women in love which is a a story about a a japanese henshin hero common writer type character uh and the uh the ex-villainess who falls in love with her love it super cute super bubbly um there is uh, Kaiju number 8, which the first volume came out, and that's really cool because it's like, sort of like Attack on Titan, but I don't want to sit in the corner and cry after reading it. Um, and um, then there's uh, Kaiju Girl Kara Melise, which has been out for a couple of years, which is a shoujo romance comedy manga where the main character turns into a kaiju when she gets all Twitter-pated over her boyfriend. Hey. So, yay! So that's that's my spiel. Well...
0: Thank you so much for that. Joe, if you could sign us off, please. Folks, as always, thank you for
4: listening. This is us at Kaiju Kureas saying, keep it Kaiju. it was really funny because i was watching you shake that figure up and down and then you sit it down and you had like this forlorn expression on your face I'm like he just shook it something fell off didn't it no no
3: no no they're <laughs> fine i think i just i think that's just my face
4: um <laughs> you had to stop playing <laughs> I'm
3: to put it down now. I have to be an adult um no you don't oh that's true it's really Matt, funny. do you want to welcome us back for the third part That's when you bring in Gorgo. And then it's like, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, that Gorgo's awesome.